Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Soleil Divine, and you're listening to Adjust Your Way to 100K, the show, the podcast that gives you information on a lucrative career in insurance adjusting. Look, make sure you share this info, this video, this audio with anyone, anyone that is looking to get into a lucrative career. Y'all, look, let me tell you something. (laughs) In this insurance adjusting industry, I have found the key to success is to always be learning, continuous learning and education. And the thing about insurance is that um, the knowledge, the, the small intricacies that make you better are hidden inside the brains of people that do this every day. And here with us today, I have one of those great minds, Darius Cook of the Cook Consulting Group. Darius, I don't know if I can bring you in any better than that. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm a big fan of everything you're doing, Soleil. So shout out to you and shout out to the whole academy. So I'm very pleased to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for saying that because we try hard over here to tell the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and a lot of times, you know, that's what it comes down to just having a realistic approach and just kind of an outlook on, you know, what to expect and, and what to, uh, what comes in it. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, why I like your platform, you know, because I feel like you actually do provide accurate, correct information to the people. So, and that's what's most important. Man, I appreciate that. Thanks for seeing that in us. Um, when I became aware of the insurance adjusting industry in 2017, um, it felt more of a mystery to me. And I, I think uh, it took me a year to get my first deployment. And once I got in and, and really started getting in the industry, I just felt like, man, it doesn't have to be this hard. And I wish at that time (laughs) I had known people like you and and the other people I've met in this industry to kind of um, anyone that I could have picked up a phone to call and get some insight, you know? So that's how I started out in the industry, just kind of feeling my way around. Um, How long long have you been in insurance adjusting? Wow. Well, I've been an insurance adjuster for 21 years, and I'm showing my age a little bit. I like to think that I've been 21 for 21 years, if you will. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I started out of college. I was a, you know, um, I just graduated just like anyone else. I didn't know what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And uh, my brother was a local field adjuster with Liberty Mutual. Of course, they were Safeco at the time. And uh, this was in an era where we actually took advice, which is kind of like why I like what you're doing is because the people that are in the academy are open, open to feedback, open to information. And so he told me, you know, to apply for this uh, claims position. And again, I didn't know what adjusting was. I'd never even paid my own car insurance at the time. And so I applied and it was a bodily injury position. And so I actually started on a bodily injury desk three days after after I graduated from college. And, um, you know, just like anything, it was an uphill battle. In fact, I remember the first manager I had, he told me that you won't become good at this job for one year. And I just that just blew my mind because I felt that I at that time I was kind of uh, confident that I could be good at anything in a short period of time. And mm-hmm. so he was right. You know, uh, that was where I, I say cut my teeth or received my initial training. And so I, I tried it for a while. And again, it was very difficult at that time. I was very young and um, I went away from the business and started to sell real estate in the market crash. And so mm. uh, I, I looked at my resume one day. I'm sorry. Is this around 08 when the market crashed? Is that Correct. that particular? Correct. So okay. 2004. And I wrap into it. That's when the market crashed. 
And so I um, I looked at my resume one day and I just realized that, you know, at this point, it's better to go with it than against the grain. And so I made the decision to enter back into it. And so I actually uh, went and took a pre-licensed course. And I, on a Friday, I, I took took the test and, and passed. And I was just so thrilled that I passed. My, now, my brother, who at the time had 12, 14 years on me, he had been deployed. He had already turned independent, in which I didn't know what that was. That information mm. was so far over my head. And so yeah. I called him and I was just so excited to, to pass the test. And I, I had all these plans. I was going to be an agent and go, go this whole different direction. And he says, hey, why don't you send your resume to this uh, lady? Uh, she was in California. He said that she was the contact for this IA firm. Again, all over my head, did not understand what the business meant. Yeah. Uh, but I did know that a tornado had, tum- had pummeled Joplin, Missouri. And so the next oh, day... Yeah. I sent my resume to this uh, individual and this is this is so this is to let you know how networking works. I sent my resume to my brother on a Friday, Saturday. He forwarded it to the contact. She called me and said, well, hey, can you be in Minneapolis on Monday? And she gave me, you know, the day rate and kind of what they were paying and, and stated that this would probably last about six months. And this particular company at the time, they did contracts. So it was a six month contract. So mm-hmm. I left for six months and uh well what was supposed to be six months and the contract literally lasted 10 years and that's how quickly things can change so i left home under one uh thought process and it changed my entire life it, it created what i like to call an accelerated path i entered uh into this what they call a cau or a unit where we were answering phones at the time it was just pandemonium they were getting seven eight thousand calls per day and from mm-hmm. there, I was approached by a the commercial manager, and she she said that hey, you'd be a great fit for our commercial team. And I was just like, me, I'm brand new. I'm I'm kind of trying to keep my head down to fly below the radar. And she yeah. said to me, she said, you have everything that we need. The rest we can teach. And and so that's why I'm very big on transferable skill sets. But most people don't know about me. In high school, I was a telemarketer, and most jobs I had, I answered phones and returned calls. Things that typically bring people anxiety, which is, you know, answering phones and kind of the administrative stuff I excelled at. But that skill set created a bigger opportunity for me that changed my entire life. And that was uh, my introduction into adjusting and kind of how I set out on the independent path. Wow. Wow. You said supposed to be a temporary thing lasted 10 lasted 10 years. And it's so important, you know, to have those relationships, because, again, you know, you have a lot of different adjusters, you know, different certifications, different skill sets. But what separates you from the next person is just having those relationships and building and cultivating those relationships. And here we are many years later. I can still reach out to those folks anytime and they'll call and, you know, ask me if I'm available and so forth. And it just reminds me that, you know, you just have to be careful how you operate. You have to take pride in your work product and just kind of, you know, have that long term vision for yourself. You know, I'm a big believer in betting on yourself. And in my life, to be completely honest with you, I've only found success when I bet on myself. And so this point, you know, 20 plus years later, I can I can rest at night knowing that I got me and my effort level is going to be there because I am the product. Man, man, you said so much and you you embodied completely what um, 
what I see is, you know, coming in, in the independent realm, Absolutely. like really taking hold of your career and saying, hey, like you said, I am the product. I've got this. Um, Man, I, I'm sure <clears throat> you talk to a lot of people, Darius, and Absolutely. I can tell very quickly who's going to be good at this and who isn't. And it seems like they saw very quickly that you had it. Oh, yeah. Um. So in those 10, you say you came in on a bodily injury uh, assignment, right? Correct. Well, I can't. I started staff as a bodily injury adjuster, and I yeah. actually left the business because I I, I wanted to the, try the real estate. Yeah. Market crash. I entered back into the world of insurance. Recession proof, pandemic yeah. proof, <laughs> college degree, if no degree. Told me twenty plus years ago that I would still be adjusting claims. I, I you know, but I'm so thankful for it. You know, and like I said, I, I equate teaching someone to adjust claims to teaching them how to fish because I don't I don't like to refer to it as a job it is it's kind of like Liam Nielsen says in uh, his movie uh, uh, Taken it's a, a yeah. big set of skills a unique set of skills and I like to think of it that way and I continue to sharpen that and I encourage others to do the same because again when it all falls down there's no question as to what you're going to do you're going to revert back to that skill set definitely 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 Wow. So you say 10 years this was and and this was commercial claims. This sort well, of actually out. it was commercial claims. But initially, okay. like I said, I was answering the phones when I started, you know. Yeah. So, so a lot of people now I get uh, residential adjusters who call and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to crack into commercial. I haven't, you know, been, been given the opportunity and a handful of those guys I'll, I'll take to the side and say, OK, let me just explain the primary differences from a, a commercial claim as opposed to a residential claim. So again, it's, it's always a learning process. Even 20 plus years later, I'm learning every single day, every single yeah. day. And so, oh yeah, but uh, the commercial avenues is a great route, but so is the residential, you know, it just depends on the relationships and so forth. I'm glad you bring up the relationships, the networking, because um, in this industry, more so in any other industry I've worked in, the relationships are extremely important. It seems like, hey, we're nationwide. There's a lot of people to know, but this insurance industry gets really small very fast. So, as you were honing your skills in commercial, um, so you you were, were you working specifically? You, you're working with all kinds of adjusters, staff, and IAs at this time, right? And sure, you're saying that sure. those still those relationships have been built up today to where you can even yeah. get work. Yeah, it, yeah it, you, know, you just can't. It, it, it's invaluable. You know, uh, it could be, you know, like me, of course, I'm a desk adjuster. That's my expertise. So it yeah. could be someone you met on the inside, that staff, you know, uh, whether it's a manager or another co-worker, it could be a vendor, an engineer. Uh, these relationships go far beyond the current assignment. You know, so I've mm -hmm. been offered opportunities from people that I've worked with 10 years ago. I remember, for example, I'm the proud father of twins. They're six years old. And oh, uh, one of my assignments ended and I was sitting there and I, I, I was so busy. I didn't have time to figure out what was next. And i had done what I was supposed to do. Adjusters out there, save your money during the assignment. And yeah. uh, so my goal every year is to try to create a space for my creativity in the month of December. If I can, if I do that, if I do everything I'm supposed to do in the summer, Throughout the season in December, I can take that time to reset and kind of plan for the next year. Uh, okay. But called me. Uh, I, I was working a, a direct repair program with this particular carrier, uh, and I didn't know him from Adam. And one day he disappeared, and I was like, "Man, I wonder what happened." But it was around Hurricane Harvey, and he was from Houston, so I kind of have an idea as to what happened. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
about a year or so later, that same gentleman called me and was like, hey, I, I just became a, a president of this particular company and he wanted me to come and work for them uh, to like head up their claims department to, to kind of introduce like a flow, if you will. Uh, yeah. But again, I, had, I didn't have many conversations with him outside of a couple of questions that he asked. But he said, man, you're really awesome. I like the way that you operate and the way that you work and the way that you process information. But he noticed that just sitting across and I'm old school. So we were actually in person during these appointments. But uh, relationships like that, that go so far. And that not only is a good opportunity for me, but for anyone that I know, someone takes a class, they need uh, an assignment or they want to go staff or I try to keep the network open to where uh, when those individuals call me, if they can't get me, they can get someone that I know that, I, that I'm connected to. But what is the base of that is those relationships. People know that you're going to show up, give effort with good work product every time and they know what they're going to get. I had someone tell me once that they like dealing with me because when it was time to uh, release the independence, <laughs> they, they, they didn't feel intimidated even telling me that, hey, the assignment ends tomorrow. Little things mm. like that. You know, that's why I'm big on attitude. Attitude and altitude are correlated. So. Yeah, I'm laughing, Darius, because you kind of brought up a memory for me. Um, it was my first deployment, and one of my – this is back in 2018, so we were in office at the time. <clears throat> first deployment, they started cutting people, <clears throat> and the person right behind me in my queue got cut. And she had such a horrible attitude when it came down to the cut that she threatened the manager oh, wow. telling us about the cut. That's like she's just know. like it was just um man, it was a threat that came out so quickly. And the way she said it, we kind of thought she was joking, but you don't joke and say things like that, especially to um, you know, a, a manager. And so this manager in particular was very soft spoken and um she handled it very well. But there's no reason why you can't just say, hey, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that may carry you on to something else. That's, that's amazing that you said that. So yeah, it's a long term opportunity, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's never personal. Um, you know, again, I've had carriers that I've worked for multiple times throughout the year. So they'll call and say, hey, today's the last day. The volume is down two weeks later, the next day, two months later. But again, you can't lose your food. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've I've had equipment, uh, got let go from an assignment, and before I was able to even send it back, they're calling me back to start yeah. again. So it's refreshing to talk to you because you're a desk adjuster, I'm a desk adjuster. A lot of adjusters I meet are are gone or they're in the field, right? Um, what drew you into the desk over being in the field? Because I know you said your brother had field experience and had yeah, been he, successful. he was primarily field. I, for me. Um, it, it was a good alignment of the skill sets that I had at the time. You know, I'd worked uh, in, a, in a call center um, when I started. Yeah. My job was a, I was a desk adjuster, you know, during doing bodily injury claims. But it's funny because when I learned to adjust claims and, and here's a testament to betting on yourself, um, no one would give me the opportunity to go from casualty to property. So my brother um, became an independent and I would actually ride along with him. You know, I started toting the ladder is what they used to call it. So we pull up to 
uh, an appointment and I'd get the ladder out of the car, set it up. And it went from that to climbing, that to drawing a test square, that to entering the photos into Xactimate and so forth. All the things that go into field adjusting. And that was yeah. actually my introduction into property. But I had to, to kind of uh, get it out the mud, as they say, uh, when yeah, I started. Yeah. Um, but after that, um, I was open to doing both, whether it be field or desk. It's just that and everyone's story is different. You know, and that's a beautiful thing about adjusting is that my path may not be your path, but there are multiple paths to success. And so today, when the phone rang and I got the call to deploy to Minnesota, I, like I said, I thought I would come back in six months, but that took me on a, a different path and that kind of set the tone. And I was able to take everything I'd learned up until that point and kind of, um, I don't like to use the term master because I feel that I'm learning and growing every day, but I was able to build a very solid foundation and a good reputation as, as, as not only providing good work product, but being someone that was reliable. Um, yeah. So, again, Honing the skill. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and you brought up something interesting. You've been in this field way longer than I have actually. And, and I like talking to um, the, the more experienced adjusters about how things were before COVID because oh. I feel like, <laughs> I, I'll tell you Darius, when I got my first remote deployment, I really, man, I, it was a very um, gracious moment for me. I was very grateful because I, I remember what it was like to have to travel and be unsure of how long a deployment would last. Oh, yeah. I'm basically uprooting my whole life. Now I can make this type of money from a living room. Oh, yeah. So oh. take take me back to what were you doing pre pre pandemic? Like right before? What were you doing February, March, twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. Well, I was actually working out in Colorado, and uh, my best—I I call them clients—because again, if I could teach you anything today, it would be treat everyone like a customer. I treat yeah. the firm that I'm working for, the carrier that I'm working for the internal uh, employees, the external, whether it be the, the, the engineers or the IAs, every, I, I, I give everyone high level service because again, I'm the product, right? And I want them to use me every single time. Um, yep. But the best client that I have was in Colorado. And, um, you know, I was working out there. And again, I had small children at that time. They were, you know, less than three years old. And so it was a very difficult time because Again, you have to put food on the table. And so I was out in Colorado. Uh, I didn't know how long the assignment would last. It was a, a lucrative assignment. And uh, mm -hmm. the rigmarole of that, where it'd be, whether it's that assignment, and if that one ended, I had you know connections where I could go someone else. So I was pretty much like a traveling band before that. Uh, but again, that's the great thing about technology now and the great... As much as I don't get me wrong, COVID is a horrible thing. I know what you're about to say. Yeah. <laughs> but it changed our industry. Yes. Because, because now the firms, the carriers, everyone knows that you can't limit yourself to the top. You can't limit yourself, you know, or, or, or not bring in top talent because they can't show up at your facility. And so yeah. they learned that if you want top talent, you might have to actually let them work from home. Or, and send them that laptop versus having someone come out here, they fumble the bag within three weeks or a month or whatever you could figure out that they don't have the skill set. Um, you know, you know what you're going to get. And it only it only takes that one compromise. And what's that? 
let them work remote. So I, yeah. I personally, I know that some companies want to have a hybrid schedule and bring people back into the office, but I'm a firm believer that if you want the top talent, they likely won't travel anymore. Yeah. And, and they know that. And um, so when I got my first uh, remote deployment, it was still kind of shaky. I We didn't know what was going to happen, how long it was going to be like this. So I was talking to one of my, um, my trainers at the time and, you know, he had helped me out on something. And uh, I, I was like, man, when I get back to, he was actually where, where you are, uh, Darius in Atlanta. I was like, Hey, when I get back to Atlanta, when we get back in the office or whatever, I'm taking you for a steak lunch or something. He's like, Oh, you'll never get the opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not doing that anymore. So, um, and now three years later, a lot of people ask me, do I see us returning? And for the quality adjusters in this industry, no, I don't, I don't see that. No, um, I mean, and, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, and, 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 you know, if you're new to adjusting, you know, the, your first order of business, you know, once you're trained up and kind of ready to go is, is to accept your first opportunity, no, no matter where it is, you know, as they used yeah. to say in the old days, you got to go where the money is. Right. So if someone called you to deploy and you had to do that and get a hotel and incur, travel expenses and so forth, you know, that's part of it, you know, but again, you're setting yourself up for the long term to where once you have, I call them reps, once you do have your initial reps in, you know, after that, the conversation becomes, I am available, I am experienced, but I, you know, I'm going to be looking to work remotely, but I wouldn't pass up anything, you know, we don't leave money on the table, but by and large, you know, most of your opportunities, the way that I foresee it will be remote because again, that's the cool thing about supply and demand. You know, we are in demand and yes. if they want uh, their needs supplied, then, you know, that's probably going to have to come via remote. Yeah, I agree with you. So let, let me, let me switch gears with you a little bit. Um, There's some trends like, you know, the pandemic changing a lot for the industry. That's definitely true. Um, I've seen deployments lasting so much longer than what I saw them lasting pre pandemic. I've got a friend who just ended a three-year deployment with Big oh, Red. Yeah. And that, I, I just remember in 2020, her and her, her and I started the same deployment in August uh, when it was that huge derecho in Iowa. And it was every week we would go back and forth. I heard this about a release possibly. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, three years later, she's just now leaving. What do you see are some trends in our industry or, or something that you can see happening in the future? Well, you know, Things are more innovative now and people mm-hmm. are more progressive. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of talk about, you know, AI, right? You know, and how that will affect our industry, whether it be, you know, reading contracts or reading over estimates. And, you know, but again, you can't, it, it, it's very difficult to take out the human element. What do you do with the person that's pissed off because they feel that you underpaid their claim? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen any model of computer that could probably have that conversation. So I, I don't worry about that. But the great thing about now is that, you know, we are more innovative there. You know, there's so much technology out there. Let me look at what Xactimate's done. Look at what Simbility is doing. Look at, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Claim Center and Guidewire and some people call it one or the other, but there's just a lot of technology out there to assist you uh, on, on the job, on the assignments. But I feel that the industry is is headed in the right direction. But the great thing about it is the adjusters that are serious about this, you know, leaves the industry in good hands. And so a lot of the trends that I'm seeing from from companies uh, that are out there now is they're 
they are trying to weed through the fabric to find out, you know, who's in this for the long haul. Like, I, you know, I, I had a conversation with a, a, a vice president, you know, yesterday and mm-hmm. he, he told me that, you know, we feel confident we can bring you up to speed and teach you everything you, you know you need to know. But we're looking for high quality individuals. And so yeah. I think that why you're seeing assignments last for so long is because once they kind of, you know, uh, figure out what the cream of the crop is, they're cultivating these relationships, you know, which is, yeah. which, you know, um, not, Agreed. And, and years ago it, it, it was the same, but now it's different because, you know, like, for example, I, I felt like the claim volume was heavier this year, you know, where it used to be a, a pending of 50, 60. I saw something online the other day. Someone had over 200 plus claims, you know, and there was a conversation about can you work that <laughs> that pending and is that reasonable and so forth. The person was new. And, and again, um, but that comes from the company saying that, well, we're not going to hire everyone with a pulse anymore. Right. We're going mm-hmm. to bring and high quality individuals that are serious about honing the, those skills. And, you know, it's just a different time. But I but I, I foresee the industry moving forward. And there's a lot of back and forth. You know, sometimes when the carriers try to save money, um, <laughs> they, they, they typically that typically doesn't go well. Maybe it goes well for a while, but volume changes everything. The plan like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It just no doubt, you know. Um, so um, I fit. I you know I've sat next to adjusters when I was early early on in my career that literally used to handwrite estimates. You know that was their experience. So when I look at that to to when I started to now, I feel like this industry is just taking flight at this point. Man, I agree with you. Um, the the things. You know, because when I decided to become an adjuster, I was weighing the pros and cons. And, you know, I was just seeing the way things were happening with the climate and, you know, the possibilities for the career. I had no clue. Like the things that are happening now are the things that I know now. I had no clue that that was even a possibility. That wasn't even in my pros. And so I'm glad that I I pushed the extra mile to, to continue on. Because like I told you, it took me a year to get my first deployment in the industry. And Sometimes the carriers do do some things to try to save money, um, but I think it costs them in the long run because I've seen a lot of different things. Um, But what I do know is that to be a better adjuster, I had to become a better person Um, because like you kind of said, is it like, you know, the the Liam Neeson taken sort of approach? Uh, We've got a special set of skills. I think that's because adjusting is a lifestyle. Oh yeah. Tell us about um some things that you've had to, you know, some things that you've grown or uh, qualities about yourself that have grown since you've become an adjuster. Oh yeah, I, I think it's uh the beautiful thing about it is it's such a humbling experience. You know, um, when you when you start out, you want to be good, you want to be great, but is anyone great without shooting in the gym? Yeah, you got mama mentality behind you, so yeah, you you have to have you know. In fact, I don't even refer to, um, I don't like to refer to years when adjusting, I refer to them as seasons. So, in season Mm -hmm. one, you know, I was a rookie, in season two, I would hope to be better than season one, and in season three, I would hope to be better than season two. Um, you know, but but it the challenge was. 
I was always growing, changing, and learning. I'll give you a, a good example from commercial. I remember when okay. I started doing commercial uh, at the very first place, we handled commercial farm ranch claims, and there were like rental properties and so forth. And I thought okay. I knew. There's that's that? my favorite line that's my favorite line farm and ranch keep going yes keep going i thought i knew it i thought i had it down and then yeah. i took my second assignment and it had nothing to do with the structure it was all about business interruption and i was like oh, okay man. great we're not handling the structure if i want to make a change <laughs> i have to talk to the field adjuster or the building consultant or whoever they've hired to kind of manage that process and i thought i knew it you know i thought that okay if i'm doing large loss commercial it's it, it's going to be surrounded by business interruption. And then I was humbled again and I, I took another assignment. And these were uh, what they would call large loss. So there's levels to adjusting, whether it's yeah. residential and commercial. Uh, but then there's the conversation where um, you're working a commercial claim and it's a hurricane um, and they have a PA and he's requesting a million dollar advance and you don't have the initial estimate. So. <laughs> If you're if you are a person that is learning, such as, yeah. you know, again, we're learning every single day. At first, I was taken back like, wait a minute, I don't have anything to go on. This guy wants a million bucks. Like, you know, again, and I had to learn how to work through the process, reach out, get a rough order of magnitude and so forth. Things that, you know, this happens every single day. It just hadn't happened to me. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's the cool thing about adjusting, though, is that. My brother used to say, well, you'll pay for your training. I'm like, what do you mean? You'll know when it's time to know. And what he meant by that was sometimes you're going to make mistakes. The question is, are you going to learn from those mistakes? You're going to feel rattled. You're going to feel uh, that you are struggling at times. You're going to feel that, um, you know, you're in over your head. But that is part of the beautiful obsession that is adjusting. Whereas once you conquer that, the next time that happens, you get a, a $500,000 demand from a PA. You know what? what to do. And, and, and again, you know, um, over, over the years, when I thought I had it, I, there was more to learn. There was always more to learn. And so always, yeah. I, I feel that that has shaped me into the person I am today in terms of uh, being a trainer and a person who wishes to give back to, to other adjusters who are, are entering into this industry. Um, yeah. But the cool thing that I rest my hat on is that I was I lived it. I was under the bus. And so those are my experiences. You know, there was a senior adjuster I talked to and uh, he says he's never met an IA that's not behind, um, oh. you know, somehow. And I talked to a lot of people and they are concerned about how they're going to show up to their first deployment. And they want to show up knowing it all and making sure they do well. And so I'm I'm glad you're saying, I mean, even with training, it's going to feel very, uh, you know, fish out of water. Oh, yeah, like. totally. I, I mean, one of the biggest things that I try to uh, encourage folks is to, you know, obviously, you know, plan your work and work your plan. And, and you can do that, right? You could have a plan. I, have, I do the same thing every single day if I'm working a desk every single day at the same time. And sometimes it feels like Groundhog's Day, but I can rest mm -hmm. in that process. Right. Yeah. You know, and so sometimes the process is spinning, meaning the claims are coming in. I'm processing them. I'm hitting all the marks. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm compliant. If I can't finish it today, I push it to the next day. If I can't get it by Friday, I'll, I'll broker the deal. I'll, you know, I'll settle it on the weekend. So we had a, a saying we would broker the deal during the week and we would settle it on the weekend. But that's 
planning the work and working the plan. Um, yeah. But sometimes you are not, to me, there are two ways you could be on a disc. You could be proactive or you could be reactive. And of course, I want to remain proactive. But sometimes when you walk into a, you know, a, a category five hurricane, there's claims, you know, coming out the wazoo. And then you have people uh, that have waited to bring in the independence and things are that far behind. Sometimes you have to to know how to operate from the reactive space. And so right. uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't negatively reflect bad on you as an, an adjuster because you're still planning the work and working the plan. It's just that it, it's part of it, you know, and, and part of this job is is knowing how to understand that and also manage anxiety as well in the process of that. And remember why you started always. Yeah. Ebb, ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. Right. That's why I say the, these great gems are locked in the mind of adjusters. That's I, I'm, I think it's great that um that you're teaching new adjusters or not necessarily new. You're teaching adjusters, period, how to be better. Um, tell us, how did you come into the space to to train? Like, I, I know you, you've had this long career, but when in that career did you say, hey, I'm going to start giving back and teaching other adjusters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and this goes back to the conversation we had about relationships. I was working for this carrier and uh, it was an opportunity. Um I was in Florida on like this one week assignment. This particular firm I worked for had lost their contract. And um, there was someone that I'd worked with prior in Minnesota who happened to be on this particular assignment. And mm -hmm. so this is that, what was the year we had the two back-to-back -back hurricanes? Well, anyway, uh, she tapped me on the shoulder and she says, hey, call this person right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? Because all the calls started rolling in, emails and so forth. But mind you, I'm, I'm a bit old school, so I do take advice. And so she yeah. had a look in her eye that meant you need to get up and do this right now. No problem. So I, I stepped outside, called the number. and it's, it's the recruiter for this particular firm. And he's like, hey, I, now, mind you, I'm in Tampa, Florida. And he's like, uh, can you be in Colorado on Monday? It's like Friday. We'll pay you twelve hundred bucks a day. Yep. So I'll see you on Monday. And uh, yeah, and, and mind you, I lived in Minnesota at the time, so I'm moving around the country. And so yeah. I took a flight back to Minnesota, jumped into my car, drove to Colorado. Right. OK. Now, the assignment lasted for 14 days. That was their guarantee. They would guarantee you two weeks or 14 days. So I went out there, made the 16,000 whatever dollars in 14 days. I think that was pretty good for just staring at a blank computer screen. And in reality, yeah. they didn't get the claims. They didn't get the volume they expected. And so they they ended it. But they were good at cultivating the relationship. They always guarantee you 14 days. Mm -hmm. They called me six times over the course of the next few years. And the same thing would happen. I'd go out there 14 days, make the money. It was to the point where when they called, I wouldn't even stop what I was doing. I'd just say, I'll take a couple of weeks, go out here, make the money and come back. Well, yeah. <laughs> on that drive, one of those times from Colorado to Minnesota, it came to me. I was like, what do people do when they're I, I felt very fortunate. I felt fortunate to have uh, been introduced to the industry. Yeah. Um, to have have met good people out there. I, I, I can't explain it other than it was just grace. Right. Yes. Yeah. And so 
I just wondered what other people do when they're new and they have no one. What where's their brother that introduces them to the industry or Soleil? Or, you know, what yeah. are they doing? Right. And I said there should be a class for people that are newly licensed that would help them. And I didn't act on it uh, right away. Um, two years later, I took a job as a trainer because I was trying to build this whole trainer portfolio. And so mm. I uh, won't name the company, but I, I came in uh, as a trainer with them. And this particular role was housed in the human resource department. And so I had all the ideas. I was ready. It was a whole concept. And I learned a very valuable lesson. It's one thing to have an idea, but it's another thing to have resources. And I saw them take my idea and turn it. I mean, just flirt. They started training all their QA folks with it, all their IA people with it, and, and all of that uh, field adjusters, desk examiners from the limited information. And I learned quickly that everything I needed to know, I I, I didn't have to stay there for five years to figure it out. So when yeah, I yeah. did leave that company, I recreated it after I saw it flourish in a live environment. And so mm -hmm. it all stems from just wondering what people do and trying to create something that would help others that would also allow me to be my natural self in the process. And I just wonder what people do when they enter this industry that I devoted most of my life to when they don't know anyone and they don't, and they, they, they actually want to do this. You know. Yeah, you know what they do before all of this, before you and I, Darius, they 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 drowned. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, sink or swim, and that's yeah. the nature. So I, I take pride in it. One of the biggest things I take pride in is when I have someone take the course and they come back. And let's say they they oh, it took me five. I had someone that took the course uh, earlier this year, right? Of course, we're mm -hmm. at the end of twenty three, and I knew that they took the course out of season. So I was a little bit concerned myself, like, hey, this is going to happen. I kept them encouraged. And uh, I was so pleased to hear that those folks got on, got deployed. And, yeah. I, and the other thing about me is that, and I get in trouble for this, but I will help you outside of the class. I'm the person mm -hmm. that you can call me anytime and I will say, look, what are you doing? I'll even remote into your computer if I have to. You're going to get it down, period. And so, I, you know, I got to work on that but, that, but I'm that way. And so, uh, and, but that's how I get the feedback. And so those folks got on, they had jobs, they were so pleased, but I was, I was so pleased to see that they were comfortable in knowing that they've done the right thing by getting the training. And so, yeah. uh, and, and another pat on the back, rewind to that story in Tampa. Well, one of the uh, former participants was working for the company that I was at at that time and they told her that they loved her work product, but they did not know she did not did not have any experience. Oh wow! And so, um, just testament to how great your training yeah. is. So, so that's why, like now, one of the biggest differences from before till now is that when I started, no one wanted to adjust insurance claims. Now, you know, people are betting on themselves, and this is a lucrative industry. Um, but yeah. don't let you know, delay does not mean deny. Don't let time dictate your long-term success. Don't say, I won't um, I won't pursue this because it might take me six months to get a job. Or, you know, like uh, I, my cousin, I introduced him. I had, a, and this is more personal, but I had a cousin, had a cousin, he's great. Um, and yeah. he um, was pre-med. He ran into some problems in college. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you know ultimately he had to sit out. He, he pretty much fallen by the wayside, but he's my first cousin. And so mm -hmm. I spoke to him one day and I said, this is many years ago. And I said, look, 
you should start adjusting claims, you know, and I, I wasn't a trainer. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a class or any of that. And so I took the money out of my pocket, paid for his pre-license. Wow. Um, and got him, got him up and running. Right. And I was working the commercial assignment in Minnesota because I was stuck there because for those 10 years and yeah. I went to the firm, I developed a good relationship with them. And I said, Hey, this guy's really, really smart. He's, he's one of those dudes that has a photo memory like you could give him a 10 digit number and come back 30 minutes later and he could spit the number out i was like i think wow. he'd be good for this assignment and they trusted us right and yeah. uh, so they brought him in he got his experience but i say that to say i look forward he is now like the hiring manager he well first he was a cat manager and then he became the hiring manager in, in human resource for one of the top carriers you know of course i can't, can't name them but when you yeah. look at that, but but here's his his gripe, right, or his claim to fame, he when he he took him two years to get an opportunity. I don't think it would take two years for anybody now. Not now, no. Um, it did, and all he had, he would call it out to say, "Hey, just stay with it," you know. And I'm not sure if he was doing everything because we have more resources now with the certifications and everything to get you know ourselves in front of the carriers. But it took him two years. And I guarantee you, if we were to bring him on this call, he would never say that he regrets a, a moment or a second of that two years because it changed his entire life. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Like, that's an awesome story. Oh, like, that's, and that's true. And he actually works uh, within the classes as well as, you know, a subject matter expert, you know. And um, but when you look great. at where he was and how he was able to take the skills that he had and, and move them over to this industry, it was a match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah, and if you're if you're willing to fight through residency and, and be a doctor, you could definitely come and do this, you know. And oh, I, oh, you talked a little bit on oh, the anxiety oh, piece and things oh, like yeah. that. Man, I bet you he's a, he's a he's a monster in these streets. Oh, he's, show. he's very good. But, yeah. but you know, I never worked as a manager, you know. So I'm very pleased to see that, you know, long before we put the program together he was kind of like the first guinea pig <laughs> he's taking those things mm. and just, i mean it just took him to a different level honestly yeah there, there's so much uh ability in this industry and i'm i'm really glad i found it you you touched on something like you know <clears throat> you're not feeling that it would take two years to get a deployment it took me a year when i first started but there was no I had no awareness awareness of you, Darius, at that time. Um, there was no soleil. <laughs> I was cultivating the muscle, the build to be out here to yeah. tell people about it. Um, I believe that's what caused me to take so long. But I, I, I think um, you touched on it a little bit about, you know, you had a mentor, you had your brother. And now when I try to tell people the value of, um, you know, the training and the learning you need to do to be successful, how how do you kind of get past people's mindset of wanting to just kind of skate by when they get into this industry instead of investing in themselves? You know, my grandmother used to tell us, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest things, and I'll say this, um, is that people are more into overnight success. You know, you hear that, in, you know, when you talk about musicians and athletes and, you know, uh, you know, whether it be a doctor, lawyer, just any person that is in a high functioning position. Um, mm -hmm. but, but if you, you know, in, it's all about expectation, right? And everyone's responsible for managing their expectations. But if your yes. expectation is to go from zero to a thousand overnight without actually having to swim through the water, um, maybe that's one in 
200 people, one in a thousand, one in a million. Maybe it will, would happen that way. I know people that, yeah, maybe you, you made the right connections and so forth. But by and large, um, it, you know, it will not happen and it, it doesn't typically happen without preparation. Um, mm -hmm. And this is it's different from any other type of preparation because, you know, it's kind of like going to the gym. It's like if you want gains, you have to show up consistently. If you want to become better at Xactimate, you have to consistently use Xactimate. If you want to become a better letter writer, you would have to consistently write letters. If you want to yeah. have all the spiel, uh, which is one of the things we cover in the class, like how do you close the deal with the customer when it's time to make the settlement call? If you want to be better at it, then you're going to have to consistently have these conversations. Like I, yeah. I'm from the era where we practice in the mirror. Like, so even now, if I had to deny a claim, I would, I kind of rehearse what I'm going to say or kind of the way the conversation will go before I even get on the call. I, I don't tell many people that, but the reality of it is I am prepared for every scenario when that time comes. Um, wow. But, yeah. but knowing that, right. Knowing and remembering uh, climbing the roofs and riding in the car and just not, you know, not being where I wanted to be, but knowing that I was headed there. Um, and when someone asks, Hey, it, am I just going to take the, get, get the license, take a training. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm going, going to be at the Grammys next year. It doesn't work that way. You have mm -hmm. to build yourself and build yourself up in preparation for that. So that when that moment comes and you do uh, develop those relationships and you are working on an, an assignment and they're paying, you know, north of 800 bucks a day because you, you know, commercial. Yeah. You know the right people. Then you know that you have been prepared for that and you sweat for that and you are ready for that, you know, but that, yeah. that doesn't come without the experience. Yeah. The, I, I'd say confidence is one of the biggest uh, skills or I guess you could call confidence a skill because you do have to hone it as an adjuster. There's a yeah. point when to me, like you may know what to do, but do you have the confidence to talk to the insured or the PA or the contractor or whatever and display what right. you know. So and, and, and that's a learned behavior. Like you can get yeah. through that, you know, like, and, and th that's the thing, like those conversations are what build the confidence. The first time yeah. you call insured, uh, whether it be a light conversation or a heavy conversation, you don't know what it's going to be. You could get the person on the phone. that's like, Hey, great. Just send me the estimate via email. You said you're going to send me a check for six grand. Great. And then you yeah. hang up the phone. Guess what happens to your confidence? Now it grows. But then yes. the other person is like, well, I don't know about this. And then you work through that conversation. Well, guess what happens after you hang up? It continues to grow. Now you've yep. seen all the multiple different scenarios and you're becoming stronger. You're ready. Just like that athlete in training camp. You're ready for the championship. You know, so yeah. when the time comes, listen, there, there won't. there's nothing I could tell you, the soul I could tell you, or anyone could tell you, you're going to be ready because you've lived it. Yeah. Building the muscle. Well, Darius, I could chop it up with you for hours, man. I, I really enjoy speaking with you about our industry, about uh, building character, uh, building building a new life and a future for yourself, and not just yourself, but it looks like you know you've even involved your family, and I, I think that's I think that's awesome. I'm all for the nepotism in this oh, yeah. industry. Absolutely. Um, could you tell us, like, how, how do people reach out to you, follow you, um, be a part of your training? How does everyone get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me online at cookconsultinggroup.net. 
Um, I'm on Facebook at Cook Consulting Group. I'm on Instagram at uh, Cook Consulting Group One and TikTok as well. Um, or reach out to Soleil. She could give you my direct contact information. Um, but yeah, I'm not hard to find. If you're ready to work, ready to learn, I, I definitely would love to have you. And uh, like I said, and if, you know, the, the main thing I want, I would like to leave uh, today, just be encouraged, you know, be yeah. encouraged that your time is coming. Delay does not mean denied and that what's for you will, will happen, you know, but the key is to stay confident, stay away from haters and do the work and the rest will work itself out. Hey, no doubt. A claim is what I say. <laughs> Darius, thank you so much again for being here with us, with the insurance adjusters, um, new and old, the Adjust Your Way Academy, and here on Adjust Your Way to 100K. We appreciate you. Now, if you want to get into this industry and utilize the best strategy to grow your career, you know where to go. 100kadjuster.com. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share. Talk to you next week.